You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today I've got a special guest, uh, brand new to the podcast other than in brands because, uh, you know, Boss Shot Shells is a sponsor of our show for December and January. But I wanted to welcome Lee Chose, the owner and brand manager of Boss Shot Shells. Welcome to the show, Lee. Well, thanks for having me on. Awesome, man. This is, uh, it's great to finally connect with you. I know you and I work uh, offline, you know, obviously not during the podcast, but, you know, we work on different things throughout throughout the year and, and I'm excited to have you on as a guest. But I wanted you to kind of introduce yourself to our audience. Tell our audience, you know, what you do, where you're from, you know, your background of, of who Lee Chose and Chose Outdoors is. For sure. A bunch of people, I guess, at Ducks Unlimited would probably maybe recognize my name or, you know, from covers for Ducks Unlimited throughout, you know, the past couple decades and, you know, work that I've contributed on the inside of the book. And I grew up in northern Minnesota on a hunting and fishing lodge. And my dad, like lots of people that get into the outdoor world, is their father, family members. Dad took me duck hunting like everywhere when I was a little kid. By the time I was a 12-year-old, I had hunted like 13 different states and four different provinces in Canada. You know, I mean, I just, I've loved everything there is to love about ducks since I, I can't even remember when. Maybe five years old, I had a book. I think it was Frank Belrose's book, Ducks, Geese, and Swans in North America. And mm-hmm. I think I had that, I couldn't read, but I had well, I mean, I suppose you could a tiny bit, but I had that book memorized. <laughs> you know, I still <laughs> I still tell people to this day, it's the only book I've ever read in my life cover to cover. <laughs> That's a good book to read for a, for a waterfowl enthusiast. You know, Chris, there was when I was a kid, I always used to look at the pictures of king eiders. Mm. For some reason, I mean, my favorite duck always has always been a Drake canvasback, but... That king eider, there was something about that bird, you know, and then I was like, man, someday I hope I can do that. And I think because of my photography and brand work that I've done in the outdoor world, I mean, it, it eventually it brought me to places like St. Paul Island and ADAC and places where I could see king eiders. And I don't know, geez, Chris, I could talk about this forever. It's just been a great, a great life and a great run. I, of course, you know, just, you know, working with you, I know that you have, uh, you know, definitely followed along. I know you've been on some, some wild adventures that we could probably spend mm. uh, hours and hours, you, you know, mm. you could probably explain mm. and in detail some of those awesome, you know, waterfowling adventures and in, in weird places and, and yep. far out there that some guys don't, wouldn't, wouldn't even think about. Um, but, you know, what I really wanted to get, you know, from you, and we, we kind of mentioned there, you mentioned this before we, we came on here, and it was, you know, as far as boss shot shells, that, that boss is kind of your, your baby, you know, uh, this company is brand wise. Absolutely. And the, you know, the branding of all that. Um, so before we really get into boss, you know, I kind of want to talk about the branding of boss and how, how you came about as, as creating this, this whole creative package around boss shot shells. I kind of want to clarify something we said in the beginning, you know, like when you introduced me as like the owner, I'm, I'm a owner. I have a couple partners and Brandon, Brandon Sarecki back, back at the shop in Bridgman, Michigan. He's, he's the guy, he's the dude that he's the guy that came to me with the shell and said, Hey dude, what can we do to bring this thing to market? So it starts with it starts with Brandon, not not me. But he asked me if, in short, because it would be a long story, but in short, could I help him get this product to market? 
And first of all, it's a fantastic product. It's best in class. In my opinion, it's the best waterfall shell made. To create a brand from like a white piece of paper, right? Most of the time, I would think that's like an, an intimidating thing. Like, where do you start? This one for me, I guess, because of my passion for waterfall and all things waterfalling and my connections, people I've met throughout the years and the art that I've done and who I've worked for. I don't know. I think all of those things together made this not very difficult for me. It it seemed like a no-brainer <laughs> from the beginning, really. I, I hope that doesn't sound cocky or anything because, believe me, it's a lot of hard work. But I I got my head wrapped around that brand and that name, and I just, I don't know, for some reason, it just started to roll. And then it, it didn't take long, and I I knew I knew it was going to work. Um, so I think, you know, I've done lots of work throughout the years for, you know, lots of waterfall companies. Benelli, one of my favorite clients of all time would have been Benelli. And I've done that, been fortunate to do their work for quite a while. And Sport Dog and Rig 'em Right and just that outdoor company. Back in the day, I rebranded Final Approach when Ron Latshaw came out with that first layout blind and this things like that. Well, I could take the culmination of all that work and finally like do something, might I say, like my way, you know, where you don't really have to ask for permission or you know, what do you think? And I got to tell you, man, Brandon, that dude, he stays out of my way. Most people say, yeah, 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 no problem, dude. You go I'll make the shells and you build the brand and I'm going to stay out of your way. Even, yeah, right. Whatever. Well, he does, man. He, he just, he looks at me and he says, I don't know, dude, that's your job. You, <laughs> you do that. I got, I got this over here. So, um, it's a great, it's just a great team boss. The name, it's, I still find it hard to believe we got that name. <laughs> I really do. I'm like, there's no way that's going to be available, but we did that. And I did, I drew some art and people, if they know the brand, the, I call them those laughing, those laughing skulls, they're, they're duck skulls. And you can see like a human skull inside laughing. And I drew that, I drew that quite a while ago and on a piece of paper, on a napkin. And I just kept working on it. And eventually I thought there'd be something I could use that for. And sure enough, it just came to boss and I just, it's one thing led to another and it just, it was rolling from day one for, for me, for me, creatively, for me. And then when we launched, I think we launched on October 6th of 2018. I was in a slough in Saskatchewan hunting greenheads. And we launched it on Instagram and it started to roll. And I'm like, holy cow, that's that's really cool. That's a lot of people. I don't even know how that happens. I don't know how it happens on Instagram. And then it wasn't very long after that. And I'm like, yeah, man, this is this is going to work. <laughs> and right now, I mean, it's just, it's on fire. It's just an absolute blast. It's like you got to hang on, you know, it's hang on, man. It's a wild ride right now. So. Yeah, I know just talking to Brandon, you guys, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago uh, doing a Zoom call? And the, uh, you know, it's like, man, we're doing everything we can to keep this stuff in stock, which is, you know, that's exactly what you want. But like you said, you're, you know, better hope that thing has handles because you're just holding on. Again, Brandon in the shop, I mean, he's a, he's a generational metal plater by trade. And he's just got, he's got a motor that, <laughs> just doesn't quit. <laughs> so he he stays on top of that shop. I mean, he's got it running, and right now it's humming along like nobody's business right now. So. Where'd you guys come up with the uh, unmuzzled? I have a really good friend of mine that lives in Oregon, and he's a really good brand guy. And I I talked to him, you know, friends and stuff like that, and he's just a super creative dude. 
And I, we talked about, it. I told him I wanted something that was like totally different, you know, and, and our, our unmuzzled boy, I, I hope I don't, I could get myself in trouble here if I go down this too far here. Um, I think the consumer largely over the, and we can get into why the shell, because the shell is really the backbone of everything. It's the genesis of the whole thing. Um, I feel that consumers aren't always treated fairly due to a number of factors. Um, offshore manufacturing, box, big giant box stores, the big box retailers, uh, middleman markups, all kinds of things, I think have a great effect on shells, shot shells and quality. Though the unmuzzled part of it is we want to have conversations with people just exactly like we were sitting in a duck blind with them. And there's no, no holds bar kind of rhetoric, right? You're just going to, we're going to give it to you straight. So that's kind of unmuzzled is straight talk. And that's, that's, what resonates with our customer more than anything. They know we're shooting them straight and the engagement we have, not only in social, but in particular, some parts of social direct messaging from people on Instagram, whatever we get to talk to the consumer. I think it's the best part about the whole social experience is getting to talk to the consumer. Now, there's times, believe me, where <laughs> it's not so fun. <laughs> you don't want to talk to them, but that's, you know, you got to take the good with the bad there, you know, but boy, getting to talk to them. And now, like daily, we, multiple times a day, we what, okay, what shell do you think I should use for doing this? And then what kind of choke should I use? And I mean, I'll get into it with like, what kind of what kind of gun they're using? Where are you are you shooting finished birds? Are you are you shooting birds in trees? Are you in big open water? I mean, we'll get right down to it. And the bottom line is we want people to get better at being effective at clean kills or even clean misses. Clean misses, there's nothing to be ashamed in clean miss. <laughs> That's right. I know you've probably missed a couple times in your life at least. I miss a lot, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah well you know you you kind of talked about that as, as clean kills and that's one thing that you know boss really you guys have talked about a lot with me and you, know, you guys talk about it in other you know platforms and mediums is is really the opportunity to avoid cripples and why is that so i mean it's obviously an important thing for all waterfowl hunters but why why was that almost like the um you know the the pin that that you guys pivoted on as as like hey man this is a good shell and what we're trying to do is eliminate cripples with this shell is that, is that kind of the way that you guys approach your audience and and why was that such an important aspect we have things that we call boss narratives reducing cripples i mean if we could eliminate them we'd eliminate them but i don't think we can eliminate them because we're human but there's a couple of things that I could tell the listeners right now where I know for a fact we could cut that number in half. Okay, so I read a, I read a report from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, not wasn't that long ago, a couple of years back, and it really became like a rallying cry for boss and what I call the bossman. And that's, that's the legions of people that are out there right now that are not only users of the product, but advocates of the brand, right? We don't have a bro staff, but we have a bunch of people that love the product, love our message, want to fight for that. They dig the whole reduced crippling thing. Okay, so I read this report where every year we lose between 3.4 million and 3.7 million due to crippling. And I read that and I'm like, What? So then I started to do some major digging and I got even went as far back as to a like a report done in 1950, 54. It was a study by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, 1954 or 55, somewhere in there. I could look it up and get you that number exactly. I could probably find it again. But they talked about the crippling rate being 
30, 30 to 40% of the, of the take. So I started to look at like what the take is around, you know, states, provinces, certain regions like flyways. Anyway, I got into it. And the bottom line is, I mean, you could argue about the number, but <laughs> it's staggering. So I thought, why do we have such an incredible crippling rate? And more so, why are we okay with it as sportsmen? Because sportsmen have always been the original conservationist. Back when I was a kid, the dads and grandpas and uncles and brothers and moms and even sisters, they were into conservation. I remember going to DU events back in the day where you wore a suit. You got dressed up to go to it. I mean, it was a different culture back then, but we were way into the conservation. Not just habitat, which is key. We know that, right? But the conservation of the birds. So let's take a look at this crippling thing. Brandon comes to me with the shell, and it's a killer. And what I mean by that, I don't mean that, I don't mean that gross. I mean it's a killer, right? If you if you do if you do your job, that duck's gonna be dead. So you go, well, how do you do your job? Well, good shell selection. You pattern, you always put it on paper preseason so that you know exactly what you're doing. You choke it properly and you be very honest with yourself in what kind of ethical shots you take. So if you take the shell and then you do the rest of these, what we call boss narratives, and you put them together, you're going to reduce your crippling rate. You will. So think about that. I was talking to a buddy of mine, a really good friend. He's a big time rep in the outdoor world. His name's Jeff Watt, really close friend of mine. He's down in Missouri. And I asked him, I said, he's the boss man. And he's a sub gauge guy. He, I've only seen him shoot a 28 or a 410. He's a very, very good duck hunter, ethical, and he's a really good shot. Okay, so we factor that in. But I asked him, I said, dude, last year, I said, I don't know, how many green has you and your whole group killed last year? I don't know, you know, a lot. You know, good, had a good year. I said, how many did you lose? And he goes, me? I'm like, yeah, how many did you lose? And he goes, I I didn't lose any. (laughs) I'm like, you didn't lose a duck. And he goes, nope. But when you're with them, I mean, he shoots in his lane, he shoots in his hole, and he shoots ducks at finished birds at 25 yards or in, right? They're not going to get away from you, right? So you'd go, well, nobody needs a copper-plated boss shell to kill a duck inside 25 yards. Well, I mean, that's not quite true. But the point is, he did everything that we ask of the consumer to do and he did eliminate criminals cripples last year now with him and the guys that he was with I think he said he saw two lost two think about that think about that that's staggering but let's let's take let's go back to that 3.4 to 3.7 number assuming it's a real number I'm, and i'm telling you it's it might be more than that it's a staggering number if we did these things that we talk about it, boss, and we even cut that number in half. We don't need more legislation. We don't need any kind of federal mandates. We don't need anybody to tell us anything. This is something that we can do on our own. And can you imagine like cutting that number in, in half and sending 1.8 million birds, whatever it is, back to the nesting grounds each year? I mean, I, I think that's an Quite honestly, I think it's an easy thing for us to do if we all get our head wrapped around how it works. I don't know. That's so that that's boss, dude. That's boss in a nutshell right there. That's it. No, that's awesome. And that's, you know, you you bring up a good point. You know, you're sending one and a half, two million more ducks back to the prairies, you know, or back to the breeding grounds in in the spring. Um, You know, that's a that's that's really significant. And I know, uh, you know, you guys have have stressed this you know, relationship with Ducks Unlimited that, that you guys have, you know, as far as, you know, you guys are very proud of your conservation ethic. And that's, you know, obviously that's our, our pillar that we stand on is, you know, the conservation. And, um, but even from like an editorial perspective, you know, we talk about the ethics of waterfowl hunting. And I think, uh, 
you know, you hit the nail right on the head where you, you combine the multiple aspects of patterning your gun, you know, taking a responsible shot, improving the shot shell that you currently use to combine all those things to, to really eliminate not only, you know, cripples, but, you, you know, really just being a better waterfowl hunter. So I think that that really hits the nail on the head. And I think that resonates with our. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Our audience, for sure. You know, let's talk, talk about the actual loads themselves. Uh, you know, the first one that you guys came out with, um, you know, Brandon had showed up with this, the two and three quarter five. That five. Yeah, sure. Shorty. Yeah, we called shorty. Yep. Yeah. And, and you were a big fan of that load specifically. Uh, kind of talk about that two and three. You know, everyone's going three inch, three and a half. I mean, if they made four, somebody would try and buy it. Yeah, um, they do. But that's, yep. I've yeah, heard but, that. You know, it's. Yeah, exactly. But talk about that two and three quarter five. We think boss and that shell, that copper plated shell is very, very similar to the old lead shells. The way the way its construction, the way it patterns, the way it performs, the way it behaves, the relationship between the bore diameter and choking, it's a lot like lead. And it we, what I mean by it behaves like lead, we do, we, you know, we, we test in like these gel blocks, right? And we'll take at 40 yards, we'll take a gun, like take a Benelli, take many, an old, an OG Benelli, an original Super Black Eagle or something. Full choke, an old school lead number four and shoot it at 40 yards. And then we'll flip, flip it around or else shoot it into the same side with a copper-plated four or even a copper-plated five and then look at it, right? And you're like, holy cow, man, that's, I mean, that's awesome. Now, when we started Boss, it wasn't copper-plated. But if you want to know how the five thing started, the five started, we were talking about duck loads. And Brandon knows that my favorite shell of all time back in the day was a Winchester double X copper-plated lead number six or yeah, it was a number six back then and so i thought well that would be a lot like a five and we talked about it and that five kind of became i would call the gold standard for a duck shell a two and three quarter two and three quarters so somebody would go yeah but it's not a three inch well the payload, the payload's the same. If you take a three-inch BB or a three-inch number two, which a lot of guys steal, steal now, a lot of guys, that's kind of the industry standard for shooting ducks, wouldn't you think? I would, I'd, yeah, I'd agree with that. Roughly a three-inch two steel? Okay. Well, that's an ounce and a quarter payload. Well, we have an ounce, a full ounce and a quarter payload of copper-plated boss in our two and three-quarter inch shell. Our three-inch shell is an ounce and three-eighths or an ounce and a half. That's a big shell. It's too big. Let me clarify that. Somebody would go, well, you get more range, more distance, more power. No, you don't. You get more pellets. That's it. And you'd go, well, why don't you want more pellets? Well, we love to eat them. We love perfect skin, and we like to take care of our ducks, and we like to you know, pan fry them maybe in black cast iron, and we love that skin on them. I don't want, we want the bird dead, not hurt. Now, that's a tough one. I mean, I'm not saying that you can always do that. If you shoot a duck at 15 yards with full choke, boss number five, you're going to hurt it. Oh, yeah. You don't want to tear it up. No, no. Bums us out. The other thing is, like, what, what that does is it makes us look at sub-gauge guns differently than we used to for years, right? I mean, like... We have a lot of shooters, customers out there that are 20-gauge guys, and that 20-gauge 3-inch 5 boss shell is, I mean, 
I quite not, I can't tell any difference between that and any 12 gauge load we sh- we have. I mean, it's a killer, right? Guys like Ira McCauley and Dusty Brown, and there's all kinds of 20 gauge guys out there, and they're just, I mean, they're killers with that thing. So again, the respect for the game, the bird habitat conservation, taking care of the birds, all of it, and I think that's a lot like the way things used to be. Ramsey Russell, he's one of our, he's, we call him El Jefe. He's like the big boss, you know, when it comes to bossmen for us. And he's got a saying that I think our future is in our past. And I, I always liked how he said that because if you go back and you look at the way things used to be, there was a lot of really cool things there. Right. So if we can take, if we can take the best from our past and add it to all the cool stuff we got going on now. I think the future of waterfalling should be in pretty good shape. But habitat's key, conservation's key. It's quite honestly, it's first. It's, I mean, it's really the ball game. You know, if I could, if I could tell people like one thing, you know, it's like, yeah, sure, we want you to shoot great shells, and we want you to shoot boss shells, and we want you to pattern, and we want you to choke properly, and take ethical shots and do everything you can to retrieve game. Yeah, that's great stuff, but I'd really be happy if everybody would get involved with a conservation organization and start to take habitat and conservation very seriously. That's, that's, that's what I, that's what we all hope happens. That's, that's basically what we do. And that's why, you know, we're excited to have boss, you know, involved in, in some of our programs. And I'm sure our audience is, is becoming more and more familiar with boss just from, you know, 20, I think we started running in 2019. People started seeing some uh, boss ammo and some of the uh, new guns and gear stuff. And then you guys, we did, you know, several things in July and August this year. Uh, Also in the gift guide, you know, we've, we've really, you know, been able to, to showcase some of these, these new innovative products that you guys are coming out with. Uh, but one question I do have, and you've talked about it several times, and it's all about patterning. We, I've done, we've done patterning shows with Phil Bergele, um, podcast and articles, things like that. But um, why exactly are you, what makes the boss shot shell perform so much well in a full choke? That would be a lot better question for Brandon. Sometime okay. to have yeah, on no, here. I can ask him that for sure. Yeah. Oh no, uh, because I suppose it's. I, I did be hard. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to talk out of out of school here because he's so smart when it comes to that shell and why. But it's the construction of the shell for sure. And like, if you cut if you cut it apart and you looked at it and you looked at that shot cup that's in that shell that shot cup is very very unique and you can see how it's engineered it's not just a straight piece of plastic like a steel shot cup it's got function it's got functionality to it where when it does its job and you do your job this is the performance that you're going to see you know here's here's one thing we've always this i've always find we've already went through this i love ducks right everybody who everybody who knows me knows this right it's always bothered me that an archery hunter that draws a sheep tag i mean that dude gal is gonna start training for that sheep hunt i mean physically start training for it oh yeah that's serious right there oh they're serious they call it sheep shape right got to get in sheep shape then maybe a bow, new arrows. What kind of arrows? Let's work on the arrow. What kind of, if we're going to practice, do I practice with this field tip or then do I start to put on that broadhead that I'm going to use to kill and practice with that? The, the bottom line is they go prepared. I think there's a lot of waterfallers that if they knew the consequences of not doing that, maybe they would look at it a little Diff, more different when they go out next time in the you know in the fields. And what I mean by that is 
do, do you practice or do you just go get a gun and then you just go get any old box of shells there is and you go out and here come some ducks or geese and they're, they come in and you shoot and they, some start flying away and you're shooting at their butts at 40, 50, 60, 70, you know, all that, right? I think if you stopped and you thought about it and you went, yeah, yeah, man, that's why am I doing that? I, that's not right. That's not ethical. That's not the way to do this. That I don't. But I also I, I worry about me getting too preachy at times too because I care so much about them, you know. But yeah, no, I mean that's what it is. The sheep hunters will do everything to not cripple that animal because it's going to kill them when they cripple that. If they do and they lose it, it's going to kill them. It's going to eat them alive. Every crippled duck eats me alive like that. When I was a little kid. My dad, we were, I think we were in Kansas or Southern Iowa and we were around a refuge and there was lots of birds flying around. And when I was even a little kid, I carried a camera. So I was photographing, of course, and he brought me in there and there was this series of canals in this refuge and they were full of cripples, ducks and geese, full of them. And it really bummed me out, right? Oh, yeah, bad. I think <laughs> I think that was like a, a real turning point in my life as a waterfowler. Like, I'm just, I can't stand him. And Brandon's the same way. He's the same way, can't stand it. We, you know how like you see lots of companies will image a bird getting like blown up? You know, you'll never see that at Boss. Yeah, because you, know, you don't want to blow the bird up. That to me is not a testament of how good your shell is. It means you let the bird get too close. Well, yeah, we're not going to do that. And, you know, we don't image cripples. We don't, that's just not going to happen. Respect is a huge thing too. Absolutely. And that, you know, I mean, that's how we are at Ducks Unlimited. You're aware of that, you know, with the magazine and, and even online, we, you know, we're not, we're not here to promote, um, you know, the, the devastating effect of something, you know, that's not what it's necessarily about. It's, you know, like you said, clean kills, preferably, you know, the ideal is, is to not have any damage to the body itself, because like you said, you know, you want that skin intact for the, uh, for the frying pan. I mean, that's, that's one of the most, that's the most important part of this whole process. Giving that explanation, you know, from your perspective, I think is really, you know, bringing it out to, to, to our audience to let, let them know, you know, where you guys are coming from and, and where, you know, what boss really is about as far as their ammo. Talk about the different variations too. I mean, when you guys first kicked off, you only had that 12 gauge. Had 12 and 20. Yeah, 12 and, okay, that's right. But now you guys have a wide range of, of you know, opportunities. Yeah, oh well, yeah, we have them all now. And when they first came out, they weren't copper plated. They were just, they were just Brandon's recipe. One day, I was late at night. I was sitting here, and he shot me a text message, and he's like, "He's like, hey, are you awake?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm up." And he goes, "He, he goes, can I call?" And I'm like, "Sure." So he calls, and I mean, it's probably late. It's probably midnightish or something like that. And he's like, "Was that shell you loved? That shell that you loved to shoot?" And I said, "Copper plated." Winchester Double X, you know, Super X, those copper plated buffered lows, those sixes. And he's like, what did the copper do? And I'm like, well, I don't, I mean, I can't quantify it. I can tell you what it, I can tell you how it acted when I shot it and, you know, what it did to birds. And he goes, it was good, huh? I'm like, oh, it was better than good, man. It was, <laughs> it was it's the best, right? And he goes, I'm going to go copper. I'm going to go plate these. And he's talking about like right now, because he's at the shop and he's a metal plater. So he took, and, and I don't know if anybody cuts one of these shells apart, you're going to see how like meticulous he is about tumbling shot and making them as pretty and perfect as he can. He's, he's very, very proud of what that shell looks like on the inside. I and mean, he should be. Um, he went and plated it. I believe he stayed up all night. The next day, he ran those, he loaded them and he ran them through the same gun and choke that we were testing our other shell with before. And he called me up and he goes, dude, this is fantastic. And I'm like, what? And, you know, and he told me, he goes, it's like 15% greater pattern density here with this, with the plating and, and penetration in the gel block. So, I mean, you're talking, we're shooting at gel blocks and we're shooting 
basically the same as you're shooting lead back in the day, right? So the results that were hit, well, the bottom line is, and we hadn't been open for business that long. And I was, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do a, we're direct to consumer. We should probably talk about that after this being direct to consumer to talk about that. Why, why we chose that route, but I didn't want an increase already. You know what I mean? You're just, you're trying to get going and you're gaining, you're gaining some momentum and you just, you don't want to do that. And he goes, he said, he's like, F it. He goes, I should have made that thing that good to begin with the first time. He goes, let's just let, we'll eat the cost and let's just pass that better shell, that better product onto the consumer. That is when I knew the customer came first at, at boss and that, that we're very, we're very proud of. Right. And that, that shell, like I said, that copper plated shell right now, it, it, it's, it's extraordinary. It really is. So that's how copper, that's how that happened. Yeah. It's certainly, you know, one of the many things that separates you guys, you know, from the rest of the field, uh, the rest of the market there, but you know, I, you kind of hinted at it with as far as the sub gauge. Um, you know, I did a couple shows even this year with Phil Vergeli regarding, you know, the popularity of the 20 gauge. And, and we, we went back and forth about it's one of those things. Is it a marketing push? Is it a, you know, is it a fad? You know, I, almost every guy that I hunt with in Arkansas shoots a 20 gauge now. And, uh, you know, they never did before. Um, I grew up shooting a 20 gauge and just stuck with it mainly because I didn't have the money to replace my 20 gauge that I had for another one. That was a necessity issue. Um, but you know, I still shoot a 20 quite a bit and what Phil and I kind of agreed on, and this just definitely leads into boss is the last few years, the ammo for the sub gauges has improved dramatically. That's right. And I think that, and that's something, you know, kind of a feather in your guys' cap that when you first came out with the 12 and the 20, but now, like you said, you guys are offering that 28, 410, 16. Um, and then if you guys want to go up, you know, you're getting into that 10 at first, anyone who, who wants to get the 10 gauge up. And that's, and what's ironic about the whole, you know, us having this conversation now is Phil Bergeli is, he's a big fan of the 10 gauge. Always has been. And this year... A lot of people are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he shoots those those big Canada geese, and, and uh, he likes to shoot them with that 10. And uh, this year, he's actually shooting a 20, you know. And, and I know that he does have some of your guys' ammo, and um, that's that's pretty cool. It's just like the timing of it and everything, and then having you guys on here, you know, talk about that growth. And, and are you seeing more popularity shift to that sub-gauge? No question. But it, and I think it's in almost direct correlation, like the number is decreasing on three and a half and sliding over to sub gauge. Trying to change that narrative of a three inch shell to a two and three quarter. That's no joke. That's hard work, dude. <laughs> there's three, there's three decades of people shooting three inch steel, right? So you got to get it, you know, but oh yeah, the, the, the not, and not just 20 gauge, like you said. I, mean, I shoot mostly a 28 gauge at everything. That includes geese. Now, do I do I shoot honkers at 40 yards? I'm talking honkers. I'm talking big birds, right? No, I don't. No, I don't. You know, but if they, I don't need that many honkers either. If they come in close and the white cheek patch is there, I mean, a 28 gauge load of number five is going to kill it. <laughs> That's all there is to it. You know, but I'm that that 20 gauge like you're talking about is a fantastic gun and it's a killer you're not sacrificing anything maybe pellet count well not maybe pellet that's what you're sacrificing pellet count right but if you did your job you you put it on them you're not going to notice any difference and I think that leads to people making the decisions on their shots too. And and that all goes back to the original, you know, messaging that you guys had is, you know, going down that list of things to do as a as an ethical uh, conservation oriented waterfowl hunter that, you know, you're not trying to take an 80 yard shot, especially with a you know, anything. You should never take an 80 yard shot. And so just, you know, stepping down and realizing your capabilities, um, a shooter's capabilities, I should say. Um, but you, you kind of hinted on this and, and, and I'll let you explain it and, and get into it. But, you know, your price point is, is fairly low. Um, and that's eye raising for a lot of people. Um, how do you guys 
get yourself and get these this ammo into a price point that that is you know really it's an affordable option for people direct to consumer that's that's how you do it when you're a consumer and we live in an age of box store cultures giant companies satisfying quarterly shareholders there's all kinds of factors that go into why goods are the quality that they are. And this is the unmuzzled part of boss right now. None of them have to do with the consumer first. They have to do with profits. And that's not what we're like. We make the very best shell for the very best price that we can bring it to the consumer. And we mean all consumers. So let me clarify that. People will direct message us or ask us, hey, do you have a, a pro staff discount? Uh, no, because it, it, it it's the same number for everybody. We already did that. You know what I mean? The cost is the major cost that would be massive middleman markups or profits at the box store. They're eliminated. We already eliminated that. That's why we can make that good a shell for the price, I think it, it comes, I think that shorty is about a buck 25 a squeeze, I think. Something like that. And if you look at like what you would consider a premium type steel shell, I personally don't think there's any premium in any steel shell. But people can do the math and they can, you know, make their choice up. But I promise you there's quality and price. There's, there's nothing like it. Or in performance. Nothing like it. And that's because we're, that's because we're direct to consumer. That's why. You know, do you want to go ahead and let our audience know exactly where they can find them? Only at bossshotshells.com. I know that sounds like a, like a bit, but <laughs> it's the truth. It's the <laughs> only it, place. Hey, only it's, only, it's the only place you can get them, dude. So, well, you know, you know, at D, you know, our relationship, I want to say this to people, you know, our, we're proud of our relationship with Ducks Unlimited. Just the fact that we're a two-year-old company and we're doing the kind of work and advertising that we're doing with you guys is remarkable to, to us, to us, right? And you, 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 you know my relationship with Doug Barnes there at the magazine, right? It goes back 20, it goes back 25 years, right? And Doug, Doug would, he'd call me and he's like, dude, you got to fix your messaging on your ad. You know that ad with those three old dudes, the three old guys? He's like, I think your message of being direct to consumer is getting lost. And I'm like, you do? I said, I say it. He goes, well, yeah, you say it, but you say it down in that fine print. He goes, I think you got to move that up into your headline. And I did that, and that made a difference at Ducks Unlimited. And I think a lot of that is due to the age of the demographic and when they see that and they're like, oh, because we'd get messaging, hey, I went to Max Prairie Wings and I couldn't find your shells. Well, I'm like, well, yeah, they're not there, dude. You know, <laughs> and then you kind of, well, no, yeah. then you feel bad, you know, and I'm like, well, me as the creative guy, you know, did I miss, did I miss the mark there? And, you know, maybe I did miss the mark there, but I really want people to know to just go on BossShotShells.com. And take a look at the products, read, read some of the information on there. Um, and if they have any questions, any questions at all, they, if they go to Instagram and they message me, they're going to be talking to me. They're not going to be talking to anybody else. I'm the guy they're talking to. And if they, they want to talk gauges and chokes and hunting and Saskatchewan or shooting lead back in the day, you can just give me a holler, you know. Like I said, we love talking to them. So I got a quick question for you before I let you go. I've got several questions, actually. I do a lot of snow goose hunting, and you kind of talked about sheep shape. And I, I'm in the process right now of preparing for snow goose shape. That's when I start really trying to, to work up my uh, adrenaline, because I never uh, stamina, I should say, because um, I know I'm going to be I'm going to be setting two or three thousand decoys a day here pretty soon. Um, but how do you justify to someone who asks you, like, hey, man? Uh, I'm shooting a case of shells a day at this high volume shooting opportunity. Why should I go with boss, you know, instead of 
uh, potentially, you know, a cheaper round. I mean, again, to me, it's an ethics thing, right? I mean, I tell people you're going to retrieve more birds to hand per shell with a copper plated boss than you are with anything steel. You're, you're going to shoot less shells at what you kill. The caveat to that would be somebody would go, well, I'm sure I'm shooting on a field and it's easier to retrieve a crippled bird in the field, a goose. Well, there's no question about that. No question about that. If I watch videos on Instagram and there's lots of them out there and you watch birds come in, geese, and they're starting, they set up and they're starting to backpedal and then you can, you can start to see them flush and they turn, and then you start to hear the volley of shells. And then watch how far the birds are going away when people are still dumping their guns. You know, and there's a lot of snow goose shooters that part of the game is, you know, a semi-automatic with a SWAT tube on it and 10 rounds in it. That's part of the, that's part of the snow goose game right now, right? I get it. I get it. But I just think it's a much more ethical killing shell so cost factor in first of all i don't think boss is expensive period i think that's a bad narrative that's been perpetuated for 30 some years since you know when they outlawed you know the ban on lead i mean it's just it's just a bad narrative it's i since when is the cheapest thing ever been good or ethical in this country. It's not. It just isn't. You know, we, Brandon and I were talking one day. There's this thing out there called a, an inflation calculator. So you could take a product from 1978 and plug it in, in the price of it and plug it into the inflation calculator and it would tell you what it would cost today. And if you took that Winchester three-inch number six or three-inch number two copper-plated devastation that that used to be, and you add that to it, it's more expensive than what a boss shell would be today. So that, you know, how can the cost of a shell continually go down? I mean, you have some shells that are like $10.97 a box. Do people not like question that and go, what? How's that even possible? But so, I mean, I don't, it just, they're not expensive. You know, before I let you go here, and I just because I know that you travel around the world, you've, you've gone on some fantastic hunts. I wanted to share with you, or I wanted you to share with our audience, like, what was your favorite adventure waterfowling that you've ever been on? Let's start with, I'm a northern prairie hunter, right? So there's DIY guy my whole life. So there's nothing quite like DIY hunting on the prairies, scouting your birds, getting permission or big water diver hunting on the, whatever it is there's, let me preface that with, that's my favorite thing to do. Okay. But if you want to talk about a trip that was my favorite, maybe my favorite of all time, I went to Nanook in the Nunavut territories a number of years ago in the middle of May hunting white geese. And it was un, I mean, unbelievable. Like how eye opening it was, how raw and wild the Nunavuts were Hudson Bay, the, the coast of Hudson Bay. And then just how different snow geese were up there versus how we see them down here. They were quiet. They were quiet. They flew like owls. Owl quiet. They were sometimes three, four, five, six feet off the ground, off the snow, and then moving across the tundra like that, not in massive flocks, all broke up, you know, so that it's like, it's a completely different bird up there. Now, were you calling them? Are they responding to calls at all? Or No, I don't think they respond to anything. I think their urge, their urge to nest, get that mom on the nest and have those, get those eggs out, I think is drives the whole show. The girl does. Yeah. Cause they're, they're flying around in those little breeding colonies, you know, they've broken up into these even sub colonies, you know, sub colonies of the colony 
And it's I've talked to people who have done that. That and that, and that's polar bear country too. Oh yeah. Oh, they're big time polar bear country. They're still <laughs> yeah. they're at that time of the year. They're still on Hudson Bay. They're still feet of ice on Hudson Bay that time, and they're still out hunting seals. So they're really yeah, not on that's the a mainland. Good thing if they're out there. Oh yeah, that's what, yeah, <laughs> right. But that was that was a really really eye opening, like fun, just wild. Oh man, it was wild. We had no heat. Stayed there for ten days and camped, and it was it was rugged. You know, I mean, we ate like ramen noodles and buttered noodles and snow goose, and that was fun. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Is, is that that camp that's like surrounded by a wall of fencing to keep the it is now. Yeah, it wasn't then, Mm-mm. but it is now. It's an it's a eco. What do they call those eco eco trips? Those bear trips in the summer. I can't think of what it's called. I know what you're talking about, but it's one of those uh, almost like a sightseeing. Yeah, the amount of white geese though is, and you'd see you'd see some eiders and you'd see lots of pintails and widgeon. That was another thing that blew me away was the amount the amount of pintails that were on those freshwater ponds in that forest. Staggering numbers of pintails. Very, very cool. Man, Lee, I I appreciate you joining us today. And I know uh, it sounds like we're going to have to line Brandon up to come on and talk about the uh, the specifics of the shell, the breakdown, the technical, the ballistics, um, and really dig into that because I think that would be good for our audience. And, and really, I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear about it anyway. Um, but man, I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We love our relationship with DU. You know that. I'd like to thank my guest, Lee Chost, co-owner and brand manager for Boss Shot Shells. I'd like to thank our producer, Clay Baird, for putting this podcast together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the podcast and supporting Wellens Conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash dupodcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.